Oh, actually, I want to shout out my friend Ross. I saw my friend Ross yesterday yes. at the Empower training, and he was like, Lawson, I would love to call or text in, but you say the numbers so fast. All right, so Ross, here it comes, really slow. 0491-064-669. All right, Ross, you owe us you have a to text phone us. call right if now. If you don't text us right now, well, then I know that you're not listening. Yeah, that's right. And that's cringe. Like, yes. That's terrible. It's like, uh, it's like saying, oh, my excuse is you say the number too fast, so whereas your excuse is <laughs> you weren't listening. You weren't listening. That's right. But anyways, uh, yeah, give us a call or text. Text message and- here from Ross says, No. <laughs> 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 okay, let's go to uh, let's go to text messages. Let's see what they've got to say here. Ooh, scrolling through, where are we? Did we talk about VTOL aircraft already? Uh, well, eVTOLs. Uh, whatever happened to flying cars? We all should be driving them by now. Remember the Jetsons from back in the seventy? Most of the gadgets they had are now reality, but flying cars not quite there on mass. Yes, there are many companies building them, but they are years behind. Well, just. Have patience. Mm. If the Lord doesn't come, we will get them. <laughs> I remember when I was like, I think I think I was like thirteen, and we at my school, like our lingual class for like year seven was Japanese. Yes, and they were like, let's see what the Japanese thought the world would be like today back then. It was like they showed us like a Japanese like an anime, like a cartoon from like nineteen eighty two, and it's like in twenty twelve, people were going to be like flying around in mechs. Like mech suits and like shooting each other in space and like all this stuff. Oh, it's so funny. And it was like, yeah, apparently they did an interview because this was a part of our class. They did an interview with the creator and it's like, yes, this is, you know, with the way that technology is rapidly getting better, you know, it seems like that we're, this is going to be our future. And By the way, it's not what your friend Ross. You just called. You just called. Yes, shout out Ross. <laughs> go, dude. Ross. go Ross. He listens. To I the called show. him out, and he he delivered. He, he responded. Absolutely delivered. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. All right, next text message here. No smoking in New Zealand. That would be great for national health. We have to admit. I hardly see anyone smoking on the streets nowadays or anywhere I go. Admittedly, I don't go to the pubs, and the like. But I do remember during my time. Everybody seemed to smoke. I can remember that back in the day when I was a kid. You were weird if you didn't smoke. People looked, oh, yeah. people looked at you as being kind of like one of those whack job conspiracy theorists because you didn't smoke. Yeah. That was you know, probably not so much your era, but definitely my era <laughs> yeah. and uh, how things have changed. Mm. Uh, prohibition, great history. Unfortunately, the liquor lobby, lobby ended up buying the politicians, and that is where we are today. That is literally what happened in the United States. Mm. That is absolutely literally. They bought judges, they bought politicians, they bought everyone in power. Uh, money and greed speaks many languages. Looks like perfectly by the results. Mm. Anyway. Uh, Taz creation topic, how true? Our parents... Uh, Noah and his family. Interesting enough, Noah never had any other children himself after the flood. Uh, Then it changes tack here. China has a fantastic history going back thousands of years. They were terribly treated by the Europeans for hundreds of years and the Catholic Church. In many nations, they were looked down on, which is one of the reasons China's government is what it is today. It's payback time. The moral of the story, be kind to all. You never know what the future holds for them and you and when you are going to need them. I'm totally against what the communist Chinese government is doing today, but you know what I mean. Aboriginals were not so lucky in Australia. We decimated them instead. So sad. Mm. And then a correct answer for the quiz. Oh, good yeah. job. 
All right. Uh, another one here. Well said, Lyle. I have always said that prohibition of alcohol in Australia would make this country the gr- the single greatest country on earth. Agreed. Just because of that issue. Totally. Agreed. Totally. Agreed. Well, we're already like so close. Yes. In so many ways. Just got to tick that one. Two last boxes. A couple of last boxes. It would that dude like because Australian culture is so wrapped up in drinking. We have missed. The greatest opportunity. Sorry, I butted in. No, that's fine. We have missed the greatest opportunity we ever had to eradicate smoking and alcohol, mm. and that's COVID. You know, at the yes. beginning of COVID, we should have gone, you know what, everyone who dies from COVID are smokers. Well, not everyone, but you have an infinitely higher chance of dying from COVID if you're a smoker. Mm. Uh, so let's just stop selling cigarettes until COVID's over and then kind of never bring it back again. Mm. And then secondly, you know what? Everyone's going into lockdown, which means that we're going to have issues with domestic violence and uh, mental illness and depression. Mm. And we know that alcohol is the single greatest contributor to those three things. So let's close the bottle shops as well, like they did in some countries. Mm. And they had a massive drop in those countries where they closed the bottle shops during COVID. They had a massive drop in domestic violence. Whereas we had a massive increase in domestic violence. Yeah. but Because people stayed home and drank alcohol. The problem is, and I, I think the best example of this is like, you know, we work here in an office full of amazing people and they got us gift cards for Christmas. Um, and it was to, you know, gift cards for the Coles group. So it was like Kmart, Coles, all those things. Um, and it included on there, not that we would use it for that. No, but no one in this office is going to use it y- for that. But, but there's, a, there's like 10 different... Ten different things, and three of them are liquor stores, like that are owned by the Coles Group, right? Yes. The Coles Group is is one of the biggest companies in Australia that consistently lobbies the government to get what they want in Mm. all different capacities. And so the reality is, is that yet the the interests of big business in Australia is so linked to the interests of the government, and there is so much. Shaking your hands there, that I that that is like the thing stopping it from taking place is money. Yep. Ultimately, not you know because we we talk about different industries where it's like, um, for example, it's like oh why haven't we banned pornography in Australia? It's like oh because politicians are probably you know using that stuff, so it's like there, there's no motivation there. But when it comes to liquor, it's like yes, a lot of people drink, um, but at the same time, it's you would you would be affecting some of our biggest companies' triple bottom line. So therefore, and they are a powerful lobby group. That's right. You'd have exactly what happened at the end of prohibition. Mm. Wealthy people bought out the government. Mm. It's sad. It anyway, is sad. We could do so much. We could be such a great country. So much potential. Let's go to our Bible study and let's read what the Bible has to say in Micah chapter six, verse one to eight. Micah six, verse one to eight. Micah six. This is a, this is a great passage right here because we've been talking about the book of Deuteronomy and how Deuteronomy has, well, a lot about justice in it. Mm. And particularly, you know, justice for the poor, justice for the vulnerable, justice for women, justice for single mothers. Let's read about it here in Micah chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, go down to verse 8. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was just thinking, I'm like, man, I hope the Coles group don't snipe me because I'm speaking truth on the, on the radio. No, anyways, okay, Micah chapter 6, verse 1 to 8, the Bible says, Listen to what the Lord is saying. Stand up and state your case against me. Let the mountains and hills be called to witness your complaints. And now, O mountains, listen to the Lord's complaint. He has 
a case against his people, he will bring charges against Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? What have I done to make you tired of me? Answer me, for I brought you out of Egypt and redeemed you from slavery. I sent Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to help you. Don't you remember my people, how King Balak of Moab tried to... Have you cursed? And Balaam, son of Beor, blessed you instead. And remember your journey from Acacia Grove to Gilgal, when I, the Lord, did everything I could to teach you about my faithfulness? What can we bring to the Lord? What kind of offerings should we give him? Should we bow before him uh, and offer offerings of yearly calves? Should we offer him a thousand rams and ten thousand rivers of oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn ch- born children to pay for our sins? No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good and what he requires of you to do what is right, to love mercy and to walk, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Okay. That passage right there, of course, probably a little bit hard to read that last couple of lines from a different translation. Mm. But, you know, he has shown you a man what is good. What, the, what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with thy God? What a fantastic passage of Scripture we have uh, given to us right there. Let's come back and talk about it. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so this is one of those passages in the Bible that is described as being a bit of a lawsuit. This is God brings a, a lawsuit against okay. his people. He makes a case against them. He makes a case. He makes a legal case against them. <laughs> I was so confused when you said, I'm like, God's suing the people? What? He is. He's, <laughs> he's, he's suing them. This is, a, this is a legal case that he makes, yes. and he calls witnesses. Mm. You know, so you begin there in verse 1. Hear, uh, hear now what the Lord says. Arise, contend at you uh, before the mountains. Let the hills hear your voice. Mm. It's like, okay, we're going to have a lawsuit right here, and you're going to have to defend yourself. Uh, because God has something to say, and there's going to be witnesses. Everyone and everything is going to hear what is said. Hear, you mountains, the Lord's controversy, and you strong foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will plead with Israel. Um, so this is very legal language. You, you, when, when you plead a case, mm. that's, that's language that we still use today. This is language of judgment. This is language of a court case. Mm. This is language of... Um, a lawyer who puts forth a case, mm. and then he continue, and then then you actually have the case. It says, "Oh my people, what have I done to you? And wherein have you we- wherein have I wearied you? Testify against me." Mm. See, God comes along and says, "Like, okay, what have I done? What have I done that has made your life bad? Mm. What have I done that's made your life negative? You've rebelled against me in all kinds of areas." And you've made this claim, yeah, God is oppressive, God is this, God is that, God is the other. Okay, all right. If if, God, if that is the case, then speak up mm. and have your say and demonstrate where the, where you, what you are saying is actually true. I think it also speaks to, you know, the, they, uh, scholars place the dating of Micah between the reigns of like Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, so around that era, you know, uh, probably around 100 years before the Babylonian captivity. And... There's definitely like they're already seeing the movings and shakings and the political, uh, the the political mechanisms going on around them that is setting them up to fall into that situation. And there could definitely have been people from Israel raising their voice and saying like, "Oh God, do you even care about us? What happens if we die? You know, to the Babylonians, to the Egyptians, to the Assyrians? Like, do do you even care?" And and God again, like God is making this case of like what. 
haven't I done for you? That's right. And out of all of the restrictions that God has given them, which mm. ones are the bad ones? Um, you know, which ones have that impacted you negatively? Oh, okay. So give them one day off a week, every single week to thwart like overworking and slavery. Okay. That's not, that's not a bad one. No, that's not a bad. One. Okay. Um, stop worshiping false gods that require you to sacrifice children of which no. a case is made here. Okay. Yes. That's not a bad one. No. Um, okay. Uh, keep the 10 commandments, which will lead to like, don't lie, don't steal, don't kill, honor your parents, have a good family life. The good, so it'll lead to ultimately good well-being in their society and socially. Mm, okay, well, I can't, see, I can't see it there either. Um, the supernatural protection and constant blessing from God from bigger nations that they're constantly surrounded by and warred with. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, not okay. a bad one. No, not a bad one. Mm. Um, Keep thinking. Oh, Keep he, trying. Oh, he told them not to eat pork. Oh, what a disaster. So, so they didn't get, get diseases. And, and they're going to live longer. Oh, okay. They're going to live three score and ten. <laughs> You know, the Bible says, Bible says to his people, I'll, I'll, I'll give you three score and ten, that's 70 years, 70, 70 years. year lifespan, when the average lifespan during that era was around 35, 40. Oh, you know, we highlighted last week, you know, unfortunately, the, I, I, I did a Bible study with someone on this last week, and it was, it was providential that that story had happened about the world's oldest woman passed away. Yes. And the, the world's oldest person, last person born in the 1800s. And we highlighted the fact that this person was living in a third world country. Yes. Which is very similar to conditions to what we see in the Bible. Yes. And people look at the Bible, it's like, okay, we see the extreme long ages of the antediluvians. Mm-hmm. But then people see the long ages of, of Abraham and um, Abraham and Moses and these people, and they're like, oh, no, nah, that's not possible. Like, because, you know, that, that's, that's ridiculous. Yet, because they live so far back and we don't see that happening today, but it's like literally today, we, we, just, see, we just saw someone who followed God's diet plan. For their life. 25 years old, died. Uh, yeah. And it's like, so again, we see just confirmation on confirmation. Like it was three score in 10. In most cases, it was even longer in third world conditions because of the diet that God had prescribed to them. Born in the Philippines under Spanish rule. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> wild. So uh, it's just so, yeah, again, we, you know, we're just kind of going through and trying to list like God has blessed them in Every way conceivable. Yeah, and on top of all of that, he continues on and, he's, and he continues to bring his case. And he says, like, okay, okay, this is what I did in verse 4. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I redeemed you out of the house of servants. I set before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Uh, remember how Balak, king of Moab, consulted and with Balaam, the son of Beor, and answered you uh, from Shittim unto Gilgal, that you may know the righteousness of the Lord. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with a burnt offering, with calves of a year old? And it continues on from there. And then it, this all ends up here with Micah making this, uh, God making this statement. Um, he has shown you, a man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Mm. Which is actually pitched in the, in the context of a question. And when you look at it in the original language, it comes in the context of the question. It's like, hasn't God shown you? Mm. Don't you don't you know how to live? This is, this is what the Lord requires of you. You know, is this is this a bad thing? So what's wow. what's what's negative about this? To do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly. Mm. Where, where's the bad thing there? Um, yeah, I'm struggling to see it. I'll tell you exactly. I'll tell you exactly where it is. What? I'll tell you exactly where the bad thing here is. Yes. Tell us. Humility. Mm. Because for the unconverted heart, humility is an anathema. Yes. It is the exact 
opposite of an unconverted heart. It is the power of the Holy Spirit working on a person's life that allows a person to have a degree of humility. Mm. You know, I just, I just had, I just been thinking a little bit. You know, what's crazy? Like, because we're just going through here, and we're talking about wow, God has blessed these people so much, and it's like, what other response could they give to God but humility? And but like, wow, okay, we literally have done nothing for, you know, the the place that we're, you know, if we've left God, we deserve the, that's the only place you could be in at the end of reading this is if we've left God, we deserve the curses from God because God has given us everything to be blessed. Yes. And all we had to do was be humble and accept and walk as he walked. You know, I find it crazy that a lot of Christians today, they pit the Old Testament God against the New Testament Yay! Jesus, as if the How Old Testament God that? was so restrictive and heavy that you needed this revolutionary Jesus to come along and make it Set easier. people free from to, the Old Testament. But then we read this and it's like, why would I not want to live this life? Yes. Why would I not want to re- what, receive, like, if I'm a slave in Egypt, what, I, I don't want to be... Uh, freed from slavery because it's Moses and Aaron and Miriam who are going to make me keep the Sabbath and not eat pork. Like, oh, what I, you know, what I don't want to, uh, like, not sacrifice my children. Like, this is crazy. Like, these, these, the point that it's making here is, like, I've given you consistent blessing of which we can easily look back today. And this is the point that we're making is that this is what God has done. Mm-hmm. Consistently bless this. I'm like, what other place, if I was living in the ancient world, would I rather live in than this? Mm-hmm. Nowhere. Like, I wouldn't live, want to live in Assyria or Babylon or Egypt, no matter how wealthy or affluent they are, because we look here, they've received the blessings of God. They've received everything they could possibly need to live a fulfilled, content, happy life following the Lord. Um, and it's like, what? Like, and then people are like, oh, and, and Jesus came to set them free from this. What, free from blessing? Free from life? Like, well lived? Like, are you crazy? And we still have exactly the same problem today. Yes. People are still looking for freedom from religion. Mm. As if religion is the problem and religion is going to... Well, some I, I will admit that religion is the problem, but they're looking for freedom from Christ, from God. Mm. You know, they throw the baby out with the bathwater. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so a couple of text messages that just pop through here. Queensland Health is uh, now refusing transplants for unvaccinated. Uh, sent information yesterday. Seven news. Well, there you go. Didn't once for some reason I'm not getting all of these messages. But anyway, um, greed and selfishness and doing it my way was the problem with Israel. The character mm. of Satan. Nothing changed. Indeed. And then we have this one here. Uh, mandatory. Amazing, even the garden had choice, not prohibition. So with respect, because uh, this comes from somebody that um, we love and appreciate here, I'm going to disagree and say that the Garden of Eden was the primary example of prohibition and how prohibition works. So if you look at prohibition in the United States, uh, prohibition of alcohol, uh, where they said you can't drink alcohol, and if you do drink alcohol, then the consequences are, you know, fines, imprisonment, etc. Mm. That's how prohibition worked in the United States. Worked very, very well. Uh, we looked at some of the uh, research involved or, uh, surrounding that, uh, the prohibition era earlier on in the show. 
um, and particularly looking at in relationship to prohibition in, the, in New Zealand in relationship to smoking. Now, when I look at the Garden of Eden, I see it as being exactly the same. There was prohibition. Thou shalt not, rather than drink this time, it was eat. Mm. There's a, in the United States, it was thou shalt not drink alcohol. In the Garden of Eden, it was thou shalt not eat of this particular tree. The difference is the consequences were much bigger in the Garden of Eden. So the consequences in the United States of drinking alcohol were imprisonment or fines. The consequences of eating the fruit in the Garden of Eden was death. Yeah. Um, and so free choice never is never taken away in either of those situations. Mm. But there are consequences that are outlined. And that's what we're talking about in prohibition. Prohibition is where consequences are brought in in relationship to doing something that is going to be incredibly harmful. Mm, yes. I, I'm, I'm thinking this through. I'm like, okay, but like with prohibition, yes, because when you drink alcohol, there's the natural consequences. There's of natural worse, consequences, worse yes. But with prohibition, then there's legislative consequences that's right. and, and civil penalties. And Whereas, in the Garden of Eden, there wasn't natural consequences because the fruit in and of itself was not toxic. There was legislative um, consequences. Okay. Where God said, if you do this, you'll die. Okay. But that led to the to sin, which is a natural yes. thing. Both of them are sin. But it was because legislation yes. it was sin. Ah, okay. Good good thoughts. Yeah. Good thoughts. Anyway. Deep. Anyway. If you'd like to continue this particular subject, we would love to delve into it in more depth. Um, our number is 0491 uh, We would love to hear from you. Just send your thoughts through. Uh, prohibition versus free choice. What was it in the Garden of Eden? Mm. Was it prohibition or was it free choice? I'm saying it was prohibition. Okay. Uh, anyway. I'm just, just uh, going to disagree with you for fun. Okay. Yeah, but now we're going to move on, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to move on. Uh, let's go to our next verse. Uh, we're here in Micah chapter 6, verse 1 to 8, but we've got a couple of uh, supporting verses we're going to look at. Amos chapter, chapter 5 and verse 24. Amos chapter 5 and verse 24. Man, it's like getting around in the minor prophets is tough. But okay, I'm here. The, yeah, 5, five verse 24. Okay, the Bible says in 5 verse 24, Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, an an endless river of righteous living. Okay. What does yours say? But let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. Mm. I think mine has more power to it. Mighty flood? Endless river of righteous living? See, a flood, you think of a flood and it's kind of like... Muddy and full of dead trees. What does yours say? But let justice run down like water. You think of something pure and clean. And righteousness like a mighty stream. That's a bit of a you think laugh. of a waterfall. <laughs> nah, that's not a stretch at all. Uh, let's go to Hosea chapter 6 and verse 6. We've got a similar verse right here about righteousness and mercy and Justice. Hosea 6 and verse 6, where the Bible says, as I find it here on the page, um, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. On what I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. Okay, and this is something that's brought out in, you know, Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, you know, well, actually verse 7, you know, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with 10,000 rivers of oil? 
Mm. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Mm. You know, he's asking this question right here. You know, is this what God wants, just like lots and lots of dead animals or even mm. a dead person? And what does God say? Hosea 6 and verse 6. Hosea 6 and verse 6, he says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. And in my translation, it says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Mm. And the knowledge of God or knowing God more than burnt offerings. Mm. Burnt offerings you can just do. Knowing God is something you have to experience. That's right. All right, so we've got some great verses here um, as we work our way through here. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 10, and I think we looked at this the other day, but we're going to look in verse 12, Deuteronomy 10 and verse 12. Yep, Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 12, the Bible says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and you live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. And then we go on to verse 13. In verse 13, it then says, And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that that I am giving you today for your own good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so really what we've got is when you look at some of these New Testament, sorry, these later Old Testament passages, mm. they are building on the Torah, the books of Moses. Yeah, a case that was given in the book that people want to reject because of the later books. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, the first Bible ever written was the first five books of Moses, the mm. Torah. That was the Bible. And you can see them using that Bible all the way through. Mm. Uh, and so the later books of the Bible build on that particular foundation. And people sometimes ask about the canon of Scripture. You know, how do we get the, how do we get the books of the Bible and why isn't this book there? Why isn't that book there? Why isn't another book there? And that is because any book that wants to or someone wants to make a claim should be a part of the Bible has to be built on the existing canon. Mm. It, cannot, it cannot defy, it cannot contradict the existing canon. The existing canon in the first one was the books of Moses. Everything in the Bible builds on the books of Moses. This is the Bible that Jesus used in his day. I think like from Deuteronomy, from the outset here, we're seeing like God already appealing to the fact that he wants a heart conversion. That's right. He is a spiritual God. This is what like, Jesus was preaching right through his ministry. <laughs> yeah, like the kingdom of God is... Jesus was preaching the Bible. You know, And the Bible he had included the book of Deuteronomy. And then you take this, the next step forward into you know Christian teaching, into the writings of Paul, and he's doing the exact same thing. He's saying, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, a direct link to the first five books of the Bible. You know, saying that, oh, God dwells in you just as he dwelt in the temples for Israel. And it's like, we want your heart to be changed. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, so we've got some interesting discussion coming through on the issue of prohibition. We're actually going to address this as part of the question, question of the day. day. So I guess it, right now it's time for... Question of the Day. The question really revolves around, did prohibition exist in the Garden of Eden or not? Mm. And one of our texts sent through and said, no, prohibition didn't exist in the Garden of Eden. What existed in the Garden of Eden was free choice. Mm. I, I made the case that prohibition did exist in the Garden of Eden and asked for you guys' reactions. So we've got a few reactions here. First one says we live in Christ. We tell everyone what they can do, not what they cannot do. Hitler and many others have tried mandatory. Love is the only rule. 
That's one thought right there. And then another text message says, it was free, free choice. Mm-hmm. Then we had another one. So they're, they're, they're taking the opposite side to me. That's fine. Uh, then we had another one who took a more middle ground. Garden of Eden, how about both? Prohibition in the command of God told them not to eat of it, but freedom of choice is needed to break it. I actually think that's there's some interesting thoughts in that one because prohibition is actually impossible without free choice. That's right. Anyway, Lawson, you had some really interesting thoughts on this. Oh. Was it prohibition in the Garden of Eden or free choice? Yeah, okay, sweet. So I just want to quickly comment, yeah, the existence of prohibition also indicates the existence of free choice because you can make a choice to disobey prohibition. Yes. Um, but I'm going to make the case that, you know, personally, that it was clearly prohibition. And from this perspective of what is the actual definition of prohibition, okay? So the definition of prohibition is the action of forbidding something, especially by law. So okay. same saying legislatively yes. that something is forbidden. Yes. Okay, so, for example... Um, in Australia, mm-hmm. do we have a prohibition against alcohol? In some places, yes. In, in, in rare cases, but... Yeah, but not in generally, no. In generally, no. no. Okay, so therefore, is the legislative body of Australia saying, telling you to not drink alcohol? No. No, right? Other than, you know, we have prohibition against people drinking alcohol under the age of 18 or in cricket matches or wherever it may be. Okay, yes. for example, perfect. Okay, so in the Garden of Eden, who was the legislative body? God. God, right? Because he, he's like, yes, he's, he's our best friend. He created the universe. But he is the legislative body. We live under his law. Yes. Correct. Okay. And we established before that prohibition takes place when a legislative body says that something is forbidden. That's right. Okay. So in the United States, prohibition took place when the United States government said alcohol was forbidden. Yes. So God, being the legislative body of the entire earth and to humanity, says do not eat of the fruit of the garden because if you do, and then list the consequences, you will die. Yes. So you have law and penalties. Yes. I think maybe people don't want to fall too much in the trap of seeing God as controlling or whatever it may be, but we live under God's reign and God's law on this earth. Yes. He is our best friend. He is our savior. He is our creator, but we live under his law. And in the Garden of Eden, it was the same. The legislative body of the universe, that is God, is saying to the people, it is forbidden to eat of the fruit of the garden, and they disobeyed his prohibition. So God gave prohibition. Because they had free choice. Yes. Because they had free choice, they had the ability to disobey prohibition. So prohibition only exists when there's free choice, Because, and we looked at the definition. It's an action forbidding something, especially by law. That law would not exist if it was impossible for them to break it. That's right. So... To me, at least, clearly, when we, when we come at this with, with definitions and trying to clearly define what exactly prohibition is and how it related to the Garden of Eden, God made a prohibition as defined here by its literal definition. God made a prohibition against eating the fruit and humanity disobeyed his prohibition, which happened in the United States and it happens all around. You know, there's people who drink underage and speed and all these things, which are prohibitions that exist in Australia. So, yeah, prohibition exists. Somebody takes the through right here. Can you willingly break the law? Yes, it's choice. Even in America, they broke broke prohibition continually. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's right. That's went. So yeah, it was a prohibition which humanity broke. Unfortunately, very well put. Very well put. Thank you, Lawson. And of course, as we go through this day, do not forget to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.